Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and my partner, John Ramstead, was recently a speaker at the Gospel Driven Entrepreneur Online Summit. Both John and I liked what he had to say so much that we wanted to share it with you. Here's John and Summit organizer PJ Simmons on this edition of Eternal Leadership. Well, John, I am very excited to have you on the Gospel Driven Entrepreneur Online Summit today, man. This is going to be an awesome, awesome conversation. Today, we're talking about calling and really activating calling. You know, God has uniquely made us uh, in His image and in certain ways with certain passions and skill sets. And so how do we play out, uh, play into those really to, to live out what God has uniquely called us to do? And so I want to read off your bio just real quickly to give our, our viewers and listeners a little bit of context of who we're hanging out with for the next couple of minutes. And so John is a former Navy fighter pilot, current leadership coach, international podcast host, and author of the Top 100 Leadership Blog for Executives, Managers, and CEOs. As CEO of Eternal Leadership Consulting, their organization energizes multi-generational cultures and creates world-class teams for clients. The resulting engagement, employee retention, and innovation directly leads to meaningful increases in the bottom line. And John, I know that's just a, a literally a, just the tip of the iceberg about who you are, man. But tell us just a little bit more about yourself, and then uh, I'm excited about jumping into this conversation with you. Well, I'll make it. You know, it's been an amazing journey. I just had my 50th birthday. Oh, I've been congrats. married to my best friend for 27 years. I have three amazing boys. And after I got out of the Navy as a, a fighter pilot, uh, I had a great journey as an entrepreneur, both in startup companies and Fortune 100 public companies on the management team. But what really changed everything for me, PJ, was uh, just over four years ago, I was up with Dr. Dobson on a retreat, and I was on a horse, and at a full gallop, this horse bolted and took off, and he bucked me off into mm. a steel corral fence and everything from my chest up was crushed my neck was broken my head oh. was crushed my shoulder and at that accident when I woke up and I was in pain beyond I could even describe to you people were holding me down I won't describe it it wasn't pretty but I just felt the presence of God just completely surround me and immediately all that pain and panic and fear that I went was completely gone and this love was so unconditional and just so, you know, personal to me. I remember the first thought I had is, I'm not worthy of somebody loving me like this. Man. Imagine that. I had, I was in the hospital for over two years, had 23 <sighs> surgeries, told by doctors what happened to me was not survivable. Best case, I should have been a quadriplegic, and I'm not. Mm. And uh, God spoke to me. And what he said is, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, for those that are called according to my purpose, because we're talking about calling today. And then he said, yeah. I'm going to heal you and use this for my glory. So that is really what I dwelt on and thought about, you know, over the next two years as I was really uh, recovering, leading into this season of my life and what I'm doing now. So I love this topic and I love activating people's calling in, in taking it and in, in doing, moving it forward into their lives and what it's going to do and what God's called them to do in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. What what a powerful story. So, yeah, we're talking about calling today and it really just kind of coming out the gate. Uh, John, I would love to hear your thoughts on on really how do we identify calling? You know, is it 
is it something that we do? Is it a direction that we're headed? Who we're doing it for? How do we really identify what calling actually is? I think, you know, if you go back to scripture, and, you know, I spent a lot of time, right? I think the first thing, uh, PJ, that we are called to do, right, is to become in relationship with Jesus. Think about that, right? You know, in Roman, right, we are called uh, to belong to Jesus Christ. That is the first part of our calling is, and think about what God shared with me at my accident, right? All things work together for, for good for those that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. Mm. So, so what is his purpose, right? Uh, his purpose is to be in relationship with us so that we can be part of the body uh, to mature in that relationship and to bring that light the knowledge of that relationship, not only into our lives, but also into the world. And I think what we do with that, you know, the work that we're in, whether we're an entrepreneur, whether we're in in mission work, whatever it happens to do, is the vehicle that we are really bringing out in fullness that primary calling that God has called us to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go. Okay. Um, you know, and I, and I, you know, we're also, I, you know, we are called to work. Mm. I, you know, I mean, look all the way from Adam in 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 the Old Testament, and you know, especially, uh, you know, I, I think about um, Isaiah, right? We we were, you know, we we are called um, to put our our hand to the, uh, you know, to toil, um, to enjoy our work enjoy the work of our hands. So what does that really look like? And, you know, I spent a lot of time in my life thinking, okay, I've really kind of connected with this first calling. And I got to tell you, there's something, I want to talk about this, that was preventing me, was creating just a ton of uncertainty and ambiguity. And what I realized was, is I had a mindset that was false as I was thinking about calling. And, and this is where it came from. It's from a, if you've ever read the book Mindset, this is where this mm-hmm. was kind of revealed to me by Carol Dweck. But in a fixed mindset, you almost, th- this is how I, I viewed it, that calling was like this secret. It was buried deep inside me. I was waiting for this special insight or revelation or supernatural wisdom to be able to dig down and, and, and figure out what this calling was and bring it out. Mm-hmm. And that is how I was had been approaching it my whole life up to this point, and I and I was kind of always in this point of kind of frustration that I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. Let Let's flip that on its head. Here's what I realized: is that is um, in a, a false way to look at it. What it is, what God does as we move through life, He reveals it to us. It's just in front of us, mm. and we're not always going to have perfect clarity on it. And here's how I look at it. What we do is we tap into what our calling is, this direction that our life is supposed to be headed in by looking at what our passions are. What are the longings God has put on our heart? I think when we're looking in the area of passion, the clues to what we are called to do are huge. Like I was just working with a client yesterday and I said, you know, what are you passionate about? He goes, you know, I am passionate about fly fishing. It's one of the first things that came to his mind. I said, awesome. What is it about fly fishing that makes you passionate? Oh, he goes, you know what? I just love being out in nature. When I am connected to nature, man, I just feel God's pleasure. 
Mm. And I said, what else are you passionate about? I said, when you think about yourself fly fishing, who's there with you? Oh, he goes, hey, I'm, I'm there with my kids and some of my great friends, and we're just having meaningful conversations. Yeah. So he, so what he, he's passionate, his first answer was he's passionate about fly fishing, but what he's truly passionate about is deep relationships, mm. meaningful conversations, being connected to nature. And as you really start taking some time and going through what you're passionate about, it's going to give you this direction toward what you were called to do, what that work looks like, right? It could be building teams. It could be working with somebody and seeing, like I have a passion to look inside of somebody and see their potential. Yeah. And I love PJ when I can, when I can help get them to a place that they didn't think that they could get to themselves, that they had these limiting beliefs and they can break through some of those barriers and now accomplish some things that they didn't even see themselves doing a year before I started working with them, mentoring with them, coaching with them. Man, I got to tell you, I wake up every day and I love opportunities like that. So we tap into those passions and that gives us this big direction toward our why. If we think about this, this is our why. Up here in this, if you almost drew this out in a diagram, in the top right corner is what you should be doing with this calling. Remember, this overall calling is really that relationship with Jesus and what he was called to do. Amen. Now, this power to connect this why and activate it, the energy, the mojo, this comes, (laughs) right? We're going to connect these two lines, and this comes from who, you know, I remember when I was going through this process and I and I said something to a coach I was working with. He, I said, you know, I got to figure out how I'm wired. Mm. And he said, you know, John, let me let me uh, shift that a little bit. What if you asked yourself, how did God wire you? And what did he wire you for? And I got to tell you, that was a subtle shift for me that was a major breakthrough. And I started looking at myself from a completely different perspective. So this power, I started looking at what are my spiritual gifts? What are my strengths? I took the strength finder. Um, I took the Myers-Briggs. I looked at my skills. I looked at all my experience and I started figuring out who is John and who did God create him to be? Who, Who did he wire him to be? And all of a sudden I started trying to, I started working on coupling who I was with all of my passions and that put me together. And I got to tell you, as soon as those connected, the it was like the fog lifted. But you, but every day, you know, I think of that verse, you know, your your word is like a lamp unto my feet. Mm. I had I have a picture here on my computer and it's of a little boy and he's walking through the woods on a dark night and it kind of looks scary around him. But he's got this bright lantern and he only can see two or three feet in front of him on the path that he's walking on. Yeah. And that's my prayer every day, is that, Lord, just guide my small steps today, those two or three steps today that keep me on your path, that keep me in your light, that keep me moving forward into what you want to do. Because I really think as we move forward, the next season, what I'm supposed to do, it's almost like it's emerging in front of us. Yeah. It's not this secret to be discovered before I can take those next couple steps. Yeah, that is so good. I, I love how you talk about how really calling is this intersection of, of passion uh, and skill sets and, and really navigating that. And, and I think it's so important to note that 
I really think a lot of people really struggle with the idea of calling that, man, I have to know what the next 10, 15, 20 years is going to look like. And yeah, absolutely. Goals, vision, absolutely important. Uh, but sometimes in our calling, just like you said, the parable or, or not the parable, but uh, the story in, in, in the Old Testament where the, the Lord is uh, a light into my path. You know, your yeah. word is a light into my path. I mean, it's just just a little bit, and you just keep going, and you following, and you walk in obedience. I, that is that is amazing. And so, you know, the majority of our viewers, listeners here, are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, business owners, and some some of them may be struggling with this idea of calling. Of you know, am I even called to do this? And so, what suggestion would you give, or or how would we identify if if we're even called to be this thing called an entrepreneur? Well, I think, you know, it's about perspective a bit. You know, first of all, you know, something that I've, as, as I've really moved into this entrepreneur journey, because before my accident, I was working with a company. We had a whole, it was a, uh, an established company. And when I, when I connected these two, um, I realized that I needed to start my own company. Mm. It was the only way for me to to fulfill this calling. And I stepped away from a job, only at the time able to work 15 hours a week, um, stepped away from healthcare benefits. And it was a total step out in faith. So what gave me the confidence to do that? Mm. And, I, and I think going through this process, truly, of really understanding these passions... Because if you if you think of your life, if you almost um, helicopter up, like if your life is this big timeline, and you helicopter up above your life, and you're looking way down the road, and th this is something that really struck me, I was in the hospital, and uh, I don't remember a lot about the first month, but the doctor did come in at one point. And I remember this conversation; they had to do brain surgery on me, mm. and he wanted he asked if I had a will, and we had just redone our will. And he was talking to my wife saying that, you know, the outlook for the surgery from what I heard did not sound very good. And I was thinking, you know what? It's my funeral next weekend. And I started thinking about from an inheritance perspective, what I've left to my wife and my kids is they're going to be fine. But I started thinking about from a legacy perspective, mm. what have I left in my, in the world, in my wife, in my kids, in this, in the, in, you know, in the kingdom. And I, I, I was really convicted and for me, what led me into the confidence that I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, PJ, was I sat down and said, okay, if I was 80 years old and I was looking back on my life and I had this, I've had this amazing second chance to redo everything if I take advantage of it. And I started really journaling and praying and meditating on what I want my life to mean. I wanted, I wanted to live my life so the use of my life outlived my life mm. and had a true impact on other people. And what I saw was that I personally would not have been able to do that working in a, the kind of, in the, I was in the financial services sector. I couldn't do it in the company that I was in. And that's when I started, and it was a process to reach out and said, you know what, I'm, I want to serve people in a very certain way. I want to have these results in their life. This is what I want to be known for. And now I had that direction and I didn't know all the details, but we just started taking those 
those steps forward. But I think as long as your perspective is in no matter what you're doing, right? Like Martin Luther King said, if you're a street sweeper, you be that best street sweeper ever and you do it to honor God. Amen. Right? And if no matter what we're doing, if it's starting an online company, if it's working, you know, at a startup company or you're in entry level at some giant corporation, whatever you're doing, if you're working in a way that honors your relationship with Jesus, I truly believe no matter where you're at, you're going to be developing the skills for what is next. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I love that you hit on legacy and really perspective and motivation, because I think for the gospel-driven entrepreneur, when we look at calling, the, the... the gospel-driven entrepreneur is the reasons and motivation behind why we do what we do isn't so fo- solely focused on, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever that has this mass influence making a ton of money, but but really wants to leave. And I'm, I'm not saying Mark or Gary doesn't do this, but really thinks in perspective of this legacy. You said uh, about using your life where it outlives you know, the number of years mm-hmm. that you have on earth. And that is so, so, so good that, that I think as we think about perspective on, you know, how do we create something uh, that that we're able to leave behind that has long lasting impact uh, more so than just the years that we have? Yeah. And, you know, I think it is perfectly OK. And this trips Christians up all the time. Because we get like we let theology and and our and what we think other people are going to think of us get in the way. It is perfectly fine to have as a goal. I want to build a business like Facebook. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I absolutely. want you know maybe your gift is making money. I had a guy. He was really struggling with church. He, he has a gift of making money. Mm. I won't tell you what he makes annually, but it is it'll blow your mind. Yeah, God has gifted him with the ability to make money, and he has tied that gift to the passion so that he's doing it with integrity in the kingdom. It is perfect. I got to tell you, there's so much, you know, the world, the secular world has no problem saying, I want to make this much, this much money to have this kind of impact. I want to, you know, help, you know, women in the sex slave and I need a million dollars a year to do it. So I'm going to build my company to go do it, man. They, they have clarity and they go for it. And you know what? Money amplifies your character. And that is when it where it really we don't have time to dig into it, but it's really important for especially in on, in an entrepreneurial situation to get in touch with your core values because that informs who you are being as a person as you're in the work of doing that work as you put together the why and that power of almost that how if that makes sense. Absolutely. And you know what? Um and, and, and your passions don't have a value system, right? I could have a passion to be significant. I could do things that are unethical, immoral to make a name for myself, to get on yeah. a cover of a magazine. So it's, and, and people get those confused, especially Christians. They think I need, they think they have a, sh- a should value. Yeah. I should be piety and humble and meek. And those are good. But what those do is you use those to throttle down and almost suppress some of those passions that God put in our hearts. And it holds us back for being truly effective in the kingdom. Is that does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so 
So good. Now, for our viewers and listeners who, who are here today, if we're really struggling with this idea of, I mean, I, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I want to own a business, but I'm having a, a struggle, a problem with really trying to live out my calling. If I feel that God is, is, is calling me to do that, how do we begin taking the steps uh, to live out of how God and it, has uniquely called us uh, and what is uniquely called us to do? How, how do we take the steps to move towards that? Yeah, I think, you know, being in that place of almost ambiguity, first of all, I want you to realize it's totally normal. Everybody yeah. who's moved into anything entrepreneurial has felt the exact same way as you have. Here's what, here's where you're going to be in five years. Um, is going to be dependent on the books that you read and the people that you associate with. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you right now, and this has been so powerful for me, is get in a mastermind group Yes. or find a Bible study of people that are entrepreneurs. Maybe they're only one or two or three years ahead of you, but they've been through all this. Yeah. Start finding people that have done in life what you feel like you're called to do and then guess what? Get to know them and see what what they went through and say, am I willing to pay the price that these people paid to get those results? Mm -hmm. And you're either going to be, you're going to either have the uh, the knowledge that this is something you're willing to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, charge the hill, run through a brick wall to get that. Yeah. Or what that person did to get that result. You know what? That is not in alignment with what I want to do. Now, you know, now you're not going to head out on some path. But I think that here's the biggest thing, and maybe if it's okay, I'd like to read this yeah, please. Uh, or, or share with you a story that really helped break some things loose for me. Because people in the entrepreneurial world, they're really looking for clarity to move forward. Have you ever heard people talk that way? Oh, absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest roadblocks to entrepreneurs getting started. And there's this, I read this story, and it was about, uh, there's this guy named John Cavanaugh, and he was this famous um, ethicist, and he just had a, a passion. He wanted to take this pilgrimage to go to Calcutta and spend time with Mother Teresa. And he went and he did that. And he spent three months working um, at the House of the Dying and working with Mother mm -hmm. Teresa. And he was really trying to figure out what his calling was and how he could spend the rest of his life. And he finally was able to have a one-on-one -on -one time uh, with Mother Teresa. And uh, he asked her to pray for him. And she said, you know, what do you want me to pray for? And he, he said back to her, hey, listen, you know, and this is something he'd had in his heart that he carried thousands of miles to ask this woman. He said, clarity, pray that I have clarity. And she said, no, I will not do that. She was upset. When he asked her why, here's what she said. Clarity is the last thing you're clinging to and you must let go of. Mm. And when this cat guy Kavanaugh said um, that she always, you know, you, you know, Mother Teresa, you always seem to have clarity, the very kind of clarity that I'm looking for. She laughed and she said, I've never had clarity. Mm. What I have always had is trust. Yeah. So I will pray that you trust God. And that's what I would tell the entrepreneurs is get so in touch with how God wired you what your passions are, what he wired you for, and just trust God to just start taking those small 
steps forward into this future that he already has planned for you. And what I found as I started doing that, relationships appeared. Doors opened that couldn't be shut. Honestly, uh, people would call me out of the blue and say, John, here's somebody I think you need to know. And that led to me completely expanding and bringing my company to a level that I hadn't even dreamed of in the beginning. And I believe that as you're on that path and that light is just lighting those couple steps in front of you because you're taking that step in that dark woods, right? I'm just trusting that this path that I'm on is the path that God wants me to. And I think really people get confused. Am I doing the right things or not? If you're doing everything with the with that relationship with Jesus first and foremost, um, you will be on the right path. Amen. Amen. Oh, I love that. Well, man, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, are there any closing thoughts, any encouragement that you would give to our viewers and our listeners of just really fully taking a hold and, and living out their calling? What What would you leave us with? In every season of our life, you know, we are being prepared for that next season. season. And, you know, we, you know, on this planet, in this life, we're going to have adversity. Mm-hmm. And then I would encourage you to see whatever you're in right now is, you know, maybe you've gone from a peak and maybe you're in a valley. This is an event. This is a what I call a process event that's getting you prepared to take a, the next peak that's even higher. So I want you to look at all the high and low points in your life and what was happening in those points and what did you learn as you transitioned between the, those because this is, I, I believe, kind of how life works as we go through it. And everything that you've done in your life to this date, it's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't look at decisions you've made and say, man, I regret that. I felt like I wasted two years because... Man, I, I missed maybe what I was supposed to, you know, called to be doing. Go back and say, you know what? Nothing's a mistake. Everything is perfectly in God's will, and, per, and God can perfectly use it to equip me to move forward into what it is now. And if I think if you take some, it's some time to understand how God wired you and who you are, that self-awareness, tap into those passions, Get clear on your core values so you're informed, not the values you think you should have, but the ones that God sowed in your heart and in your the fiber of your being, and you put those three together, you're going to be moving up and right toward uh, that life that is totally full of joy and fulfillment, and you're going to wake up every morning, just you can't wait to get out of bed, just like I did this Amen. morning. Couldn't wait to get out of bed. Amen. Amen. Well, John, where before we kind of wrap up, what, where can our viewers find you online? Social media, website, that kind of thing. Uh, my best spot is my uh, my website, eternalleadership.com. That's E-T-E-R. We have a podcast by the same name. We'd love to have you tune in. Yeah. And it's been grown for the last year. It's in 176 countries. And if you go to eternalleadership.com, one of the places that I start with all my clients is really working in the area of core values. And you can just opt in right on our front page and I'll send you a copy of my core values exercise for free and work through it. If you have any problems or questions with it or you get stuck, send me an email. I get back to everybody right away. 
Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, John, thank you seriously so much. I think this was a super helpful conversation uh, for me, for, for our audience, and uh, we appreciate you making time for us. My pleasure, PJ. Keep up the great work, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. By the way, if you're a regular listener to Eternal Leadership, could you give John and I a hand? Could you give us a rating and review on iTunes? It's how most people listen to podcasts and ratings and reviews help bump us up those charts. The higher we are, the more people that will stumble onto us. If you don't listen through iTunes, rate and review us on whatever platform you listen, or just share it with someone that you think could really benefit from our topics and guests. Thanks. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.